Our scripture reading this morning is Joshua 5, 10 through 15. On the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped in Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. The manna stopped the day after they ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites, but that year they ate at the, of the produce of Canaan. Now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. I want to take just a moment to thank you. Uh, just thank you from the bottom of my heart. Didn't realize coming back here would bring so many memories. And yet, this is the place where my mother and father are buried just down the street. Our daughter is buried there. This is home. And it is so good to be back in Bloomington. Bev would have loved to have been here, but a couple of medical issues made that impossible. But she sends her love and her greetings. Shall we pray? Oh, Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this church. I thank you for each one here. And ask now that in your marvelous way that you would get glory from your word. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. What kind of memories do you have this morning? In the last service, I looked out and there were a lot of older folk with a lot of memories. Not so many here today. But we have memories. Some of those memories sustain us. Some of those memories give us encouragement when we're down. Some of those memories bring joy to us. And then there are memories as they come back to us that hurt. Memories of things that we've done that we wish we hadn't. Memories of things that just drag us down. But they're all real. And they are memories. Some of you would give anything to be able to erase some memories from your mind. But this morning I want to look at someone who had a lot of memories. And he trusted God. And the memories of the past became the impetus for the future. I can think of... Uh, our first worship service. It wasn't here, nor in the other building. It was in the University Middle School, also used as the opera theater. The children who came to Sunday school there were asked to draw a picture of a church, and they did. And it's interesting that each picture that these little children would draw of a church, the place where we're going to move, over here. 
Each one had an orchestra pit in their picture. And someone said, let's use this orchestra pit which separated me from the congregation by a great length. Let's use it. So at Christmas, a young couple in our church, Bobby Wagner, had just had a child. And the Wagners took that little baby down into the orchestra pit where they were hidden. And then we asked the children. They dressed up like Mary and Joseph. And we asked the children to go down into the orchestra pit and look and see what they saw and then come back and tell their parents. They did. Bev asked Scott, our youngest, what did you see? And Scott looked at her and said, Mary chews gum. <laughs> Those are just a few of the memories. But here's Joshua now in the passage of God's Word we've just read. He's, he's standing looking at Jericho. And does he ever have memories? Here was a man who had been part of the first Passover back in Egypt, who'd seen God work and allow a huge congregation of people, all the Israelites, to go through a sea that parted and then destroy the chariots that chased them. He'd seen God work miracle after miracle in those 40 years in the wilderness. God feeding his people with a divine bread provided every morning. Then he was the spy. He and Caleb were commissioned to go into this new land, this land yet to be claimed, and, and look at it. And they came back, and I just want to encourage you this morning. Joshua and Caleb made the minority report. The others said, we can't go in. They're too powerful. They're too big. We need to stay where we... Let's even go back to Egypt. And Joshua and Caleb said, God is good. Let's take him at his word. Let's go into the promised land. And they were not pleased with him. And when they weren't pleased with him, they stoned people in those days. They were going to stone Joshua, but God spared him. And all those years he was there, he was helping, an assistant to Moses. But now he'd seen another miracle. He'd seen God stop the Jordan River at flood tide, and God's people came across. And they were now Gilgal in the, in the promised land. God had done that. Well, I want to suggest to you this morning that there was a, a memory that Joshua would have that would be even greater, even greater than that which would happen soon as the walls of Jericho would fall down and a whole series of victories that God would give his people as they claimed the land for him. And that was about to happen. As he stood and he watched, 
Oh, he'd had a promise from God. It tells us in Joshua 1.5, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. And that had been a comfort to him. Are you going to be with me, God, in the same way that you were with Moses? Oh, that's wonderful. I can count on you. You've promised, and you keep your promises. And then he sees this man, this man standing with a drawn sword. And Joshua, and I can't quite understand this, he walked right up to him. You don't walk up to people with drawn swords. But he walked up, and he said, Are you for us or against us? And he says, Neither, but as commander of the Lord's army. In Revelation 1.16, we read these words. It's about Jesus, the Son of the Man. And John sees Christ, and he's holding seven stars in his right hand, and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth. Joshua walks up to the man with the sword. I believe that he was probably the pre-incarnate Christ that had come to give assurance to Joshua as he faced the challenges of Jericho and the Promised Land. Some years ago, I walked out of the office over there, and I saw two men fighting right down there, just across from the school. On our property, they were fighting. And... Uh, I had several choices. Pray about it and walk away. Call the police. But I decided it wasn't good that, that, that two men would be fighting on our property. They might think it was board members or something. <laughs> so I, 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 wanted to, I wanted to do something. I went down and I separated these men and then found out that one of them had a knife. Not too smart, Dave. Sincere, but not too smart. I'm still here, so it's okay. <laughs> Commander of the Lord's army. And what was the response of Joshua? I hope the response of Joshua will be the same response that everyone that's listening this morning will have. First of all, he fell on his face. He fell on his face when he realized whose presence he was in. In Revelation 5, 6, we read, And I looked up, and behold, in the midst of the throne, the four living creatures, and the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though he had been slain. Oh, I am so grateful this morning. I didn't know when I was given this challenge to speak that we would have communion, but oh, how beautifully this ties in. That bloody lamb in the midst of the throne is Jesus Christ. There's our Lord bearing the signs of the crucifixion, even in heaven, even in the throne room of heaven. And that's what he, John saw. And then the Lord had taken the scroll. The four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls of incense. 
There'll be music in heaven. I am so grateful, even this morning, for the beautiful music that you folks so casually enjoy every Sunday. You don't realize how blessed you are. Maybe it's the IU School of Music that helps, but anyway. <laughs> I'm, there's a harp there. And then, golden bowl of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Prayers of the saints. Your prayers travel farther than you think. In heaven, it says, our prayers are there. I shared in the earlier service how that I went to a conference and spoke to some men several years ago here from this church. And it's back when these things weren't quite as powerful or as good. And, and the men wanted to call back here, and they, they couldn't get reception out there at that camp. And so one of them found that there was a hill, and he went up on the hill, and there was a stump. And he stood on the stump and says, I've got reception. And they lined up to get up and get on the stump. <laughs> God has said, you don't have to get on the stump. I've given you the privilege and opportunity of talking to me and lifting your requests, your praise, your worship into the very throne room of heaven. And heaven, there's an incense in heaven this morning with the prayers of the saints as you pray. That's a blessing even up there. Don't miss that opportunity. Don't miss it. He fell down on his face and he worshiped. Worship can be polite. There's a lot of polite worship. Oh, yes, we, we pray and we even go to a what? Worship service. Oh, yes. I have worship for the week. Now, woohoo, here we come. No, no, that's polite worship. I'm talking about passionate worship. Oh, time this morning we could spend the whole afternoon talking about the men and women from this congregation over the years that have really learned to worship the Lord may be expensive and may cost. Salvation is free. Grace is given by God. But to worship Him may be the most costly thing you'll ever experience. Fred Perry, Jr., his dad was a missionary overseas and worked in several places, Fred and Karen. But Fred Perry Jr. sent me an email. Do you remember a while back when this happened in Egypt? I believe ISIS was probably the, the one accountable for this or responsible. They took, uh, they took 30 young men and they killed them. Cut off their heads. Will you deny Jesus Christ? And each one of them answered, Jesus is Lord. These young Coptic Christians, their last words, and off went their heads. We had a slide shown in our church down in South Carolina that I will never forget. The sea was bloody as they threw the bodies of these men into the sea. Jesus is Lord, their last words. 
worship. That day was expensive. Fred Perry Jr. and his wife went to the village where most of these men lived. And they expected to find this village just grieving. These Coptic Christians would be grieving over the loss of a, of a father, of a husband, of a brother. They found, yes, some sadness, but they found that the village was rejoicing. It blew them away. Why were they rejoicing? They were rejoicing because their, their fathers and their brothers and their husbands had been counted worthy to die for Jesus Christ. That's worship. That's worship. The next thing that's mentioned, he fell on his face, he worshiped, and then he was told, take off your sandals. This is holy ground. It's interesting how God provided shoes for the children of Israel for 40 years. That was one of his provisions, food every day, clothing didn't wear out. Can you imagine, and maybe this isn't fair, but can you imagine ladies wearing the same shoes 40 years? <laughs> Guys too, but mostly ladies. Their shoes didn't wear out. But all of a sudden here, Joshua flat on his face, take off your shoes. This is holy ground. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 5, talks about Moses and his experience with the burning bush, and I'm certain that this is something that he shared with Joshua again and again. Because he was told, do not come any closer, God told him. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I just want to say this morning that I have stood on holy ground where the men and women who were part of this church and part of this university were led by God to go around the world. And Bev and I have had the privilege to visit so many places to see what God's people are doing, taking, taking their lives and offering those lives to share Jesus with those that have never heard of him. I'll never forget that time in Casablanca, North Africa. I'll never forget the time just outside of Vienna with John Toole, a young man from our congregation here who was working in a camp with people who had escaped from Europe and come across, taking, losing everything, but coming to a camp just outside of Vienna. And John was there to minister to them, to share Christ with them. He didn't have much preparation. In fact, when winter came, John was cold, and the people in the camp took up an offering and bought John a coat so that he could worship. And when I met with John, that was holy ground. Go on and on. Talk about those that share. Mexico. I remember in Guatemala climbing a mountain 
little town called Peñoles, where John and Margaret Daly labeled for years, putting the scripture in the hands of those people. And, and on a trail, just outside that village, I'm walking with John and several other men here from the church, and this little man comes, very little, bare feet, ragged clothes. I probably had more change in my pocket than he had in his entire life. He walks up to me and John says, he's from our church. He's a believer. And he put that hand out with a beautiful smile and said, Armano and Cristo, my brother in Christ. That was a holy moment. That was holy ground. Go on and tell of not only those that have been overseas, but those who have taken what they learned and passed it on. Bev and I were walking along a canal in Michigan and met a couple and ended up finding that, that, that they had gone to Indiana University. And the, the wife, she, uh, she didn't have faith, but she heard the testimony, just the simple testimony of another woman and, at church. And she came back the next year and found Jesus Christ and married a Christian husband and is raising a Christian family up there in Michigan. The ripples go out and never stop. When you stand on holy ground, when you bow on holy ground, you see, face, wasn't, face down wasn't good enough for God. Here's Joshua with his face down. And God says, take off your shoes. Get really helpless. You do not want to be without shoes in the desert. Get helpless, God said. This is holy ground. And this came to me. I woke up one morning after I knew that I'd be coming here. I had not thought of it at all. And I'm saying, how does it fit in? I didn't know you were having communion this morning. I didn't know that. But it's as if the Holy Spirit said to me, don't forget to share. Don't forget to share what, what, what I did. You remember that night when Jesus met with his disciples? Last week was the Passover celebration. But, but Jesus, on that first Passover, he met with his disciples. And he got down on his knees. Got down on his knees took off their shoes and washed their feet. God, washing the feet of those disciples. No wonder, once the resurrection took place, that they were willing to go one after another and die violent deaths because they had something 
so beautiful to share that they couldn't stop sharing it regardless if it meant that they'd lose their heads or be cut down or thrown in prison. And that was their God cared enough to come and wash their feet. And if he was willing to do that for them, what can we do? Oh, not 10 years old, 10 years later when I have my second doctorate and I have this, no, no, I mean now, today. Not when I've graduated from here and raised a family and done all of those. No, now God wants to know. If I loved you so much, if I loved you so much that I would come and stay and wash your feet, are you willing to take that good news and share it on campus, in your school, with your neighbor? Not next week, but today. John writes, I gave you an example that you should also do what I did to you. If you hear these things, okay, you've heard. Do you want to be blessed? Well, then it says, if you hear these things, you are blessed if you do them. Celebrate what he did for you and for me. And then tell someone, love them, wash their feet for Jesus, and watch what God does. Amen.